When I was a kid growing up outside of Boston, my dad would sometimes take my sisters and me on day trips around New England, mostly to New Hampshire, where we would visit all of the free attractions such as the Old Man on the Mountain, the Flume, and the Basin. On these trips, we would always pass by motels. They often had a built-in pool in front of them, and I recall there were always cool 70s-style aqua-colored chairs around the pool. The ones that mostly got my attention were a single story, a wide, flat pattern of repeating doors and windows. They would have a large, elaborate sign out front with the name of the motel in big letters and other important attributes. Color TV, air conditioning, pool. At home, we didn't have a color TV, air conditioning, or a pool, so this just looked really cool and luxurious. We never stayed overnight, and on the ride back home, I always wondered what was going on in the rooms. The kids staying there, what were they doing? Were they playing board games like Life or Monopoly? Were they watching color TV in their awesome motel room? Were they planning the next day's activities with their parents? In the back seat of our station wagon, my mind would get lost in thoughts about the many small worlds that were happening in all of those rooms. It gave me comfort to think that there were kids feeling safe, happy, and full of excitement. When I moved to Chicago, I quickly realized that there were many motels from that same era around. They were within the city limits designed and built for people traveling through Chicago before the highway system was built. Many of them were wide, single, or two-story structures with the elaborate, large signage out front that I remembered from my childhood trips to New Hampshire. None of them had built-in pools out front, but they triggered in me some of the same thinking I had when I was a kid. As an adult, however, my thinking was about the past. Who had stayed there? Why were they there? Had they been on vacation, business, going across the country? My little brain created all sorts of stories and scenarios about the past guests. Being older, I thought not only about the happy experiences that have happened there, but also realizing that some deep, sad experiences would have happened there as well. Every time I passed these motels, I would be hit with these ghosts from the past. When I finished up my last series of paintings, I was looking to shake things up creatively a bit, try something new. I spoke to my friend Teresa, who's an artist and gallery owner, for some ideas. She suggested two things. First, find a single subject matter and paint 25 paintings of that same subject. Do the same subject until you are sick of it, she said. This did not sound particularly interesting, but I continued to listen. Second, she suggested that I stick to a limited palette, which means using the same small selection of paint colors for all of the paintings. I was familiar with a limited palette because this is always the strategy instructors have used in the past classes that I have taken. So that's what I did. My single subject matter was motels, and my limited palette was alizarin crimson, burnt umber, ultramarine blue, and yellow ochre. The motels and these paints were my team and my coworkers over the past few months during the pandemic, and together we created my new painting series, Motel. On this episode of Eager to Know, I speak to April Hall about Motel. We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. 
I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Tell us about the, the process. Like, you know, it's, I feel like motels for a lot of people are very evocative you know did you go into the lobby did you talk to the motel manager did you see a room like did you smell what was going on like did any of that matter I did. So, uh, well, the first thing I did was I went online and there's a lot of resources about these motels in Chicago on Lincoln mm-hmm. Road. And then there's also some in other areas as well. So there's a lot of content and stories and tons of history, which is fascinating to me. Um, and then I spent a lot of time, I did go in the lobbies <clears throat> in a couple cases. In one case, I actually engaged with the owner, the current uh-huh. owner. That, that was the amount of research that I did, but I can not stop thinking about all of the different experiences that have happened in those motels. And I mean, I personally love staying in hotels and motels, you know, especially when I was in Boston, if I was feeling just overwhelmed by life, Mm -hmm. I would love to go and go just someplace, go to Northampton, Massachusetts, and just stay in a hotel and a motel out of there. There's something about it that's can be very refreshing and resets the brain. Um, but getting back to all of those motels, I just couldn't, while I was doing the paintings, I just could not stop thinking about all of the different experiences that must have happened in those motels, like experiences of joy. You know, people could have been going on, families could have been staying in a room and going on a vacation, or maybe that was someone's vacation, who knows? Or maybe someone is having an affair and they're staying in that motel and it is, you know, and it's a sense of exhilaration. It's the only happiness they have in their life. Or it could be a drug overdose and someone is in the worst despair of their life. Um, And I just know that all of that type of stuff is happening. Do you think it, it impacts the paintings? You know, if you hadn't done that thinking, if you took it as a very practical, tactical, uh, exercise and just like looked at the motels, painted the hotel, the motels versus, you know, letting your brain really wander into what the human experience behind it was. Do you think there had been a difference? I wouldn't be an artist if I was able to separate that, you know, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of like the whole, the whole purpose of me doing paintings is because I see it as a way to take what, everyone else sees in the world Mm -hmm. and take all of my experience and everything else that's going on in my crazy brain and reroute it and I put it out on the canvas in a way that hopefully people can see something that they hadn't seen before. I think it's in in there. It's totally in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's in there in a way that I can't, you know, I wouldn't be able to control or manage um, unlike uh, you know, other jobs that I had where everything was controlled. Mm-hmm. Whereas when, you know, doing this type of stuff and also probably the stuff that you do, there is an element of letting it go, letting go and just letting stuff come out unmanaged, see what happens. When I think about the things that I produce, stories that I produce, my goal is to really engage somebody. And, you know, so I, 
you know, I could be more journalistic and fact-based and whatever, but what I'm trying to be is evocative and, you know, really help people feel like they're in that moment. I don't know, like, are you, do you think about that as you're working, what your audience will experience and how you can, you know, further connect with them? Absolutely. I do, I do yeah. think that. Um, so I think of that, I'm thinking about um, how someone is going to view the work. I normally think about as a, a fine artist where there's one artifact, yeah. um, I only need really one person on the whole planet to absolutely fall in love with this painting. Mm. So mm -hmm. I find that person and that's the person I'm painting for. And I kind of has, I'm building this relationship with this person and I'm thinking about the motel, the story, the history, and how do I convey this to that one person? That so resonates with me, because even when I tell stories of writing or whatever, I usually think of like, who's the person I'd be telling this to and, and change language and stuff. I'm curious, do you do that from a, a commercial point of view or is it more just like a connection point of view? You know, my history is working in marketing products like e like e-commerce that was something that i was i was doing the way things are structured is to sell one thing to as many people as possible mm -hmm. and when i started painting i kind of was bringing that same brain to it mm -hmm. and at some point i realized well no like you're not doing that you're doing the opposite if you know if yeah. you're thinking about the sale you only need to sell to one person and, yeah. you know, into that aspect of it, it's a success. You're not trying to make something that everybody is going to like. Um, so you just need, to, so I need to think about it in that way. I didn't really know what it was going to be like because I had to take the photographs. So mm -hmm. I just went out and I took photographs of what I thought were um, painting views that would be good for paintings. Um, then I brought them back and then it was just sifting through and trying to find a, a story. In this case, I was painting over a lot of old paintings. So I had uh -huh. my, all my canvases laid out and I knew what the ratios were. And there's uh -huh. always a sense of size um, because some of them I know play well bigger. Like, I don't know if you remember this one, the P-Town Inn, where it's that mm. the blue wide one. Like I knew that's, that's yeah. a big painting. That's yeah. not, that, that's going to work. And then other ones don't, aren't going to work big. Like there yeah. need to be a smaller painting. So there's a, it's kind of a, a balance between, like I know you that just you, feel it. Somehow yeah. I can just tell, I can just tell this is a small painting. This is yeah. a big painting. The crop is really important because that's the composition. Um, so it has to be right. And the other thing is I had to add stuff. Like a lot of times mm -hmm. there's one called Esquire, which is the one mm -hmm. where it's at the angle. I don't know if you remember that. Um, with the, oh, with the, the sign, sign, it says Esquire Motel. Oh, yeah. yeah, And I that one, I had to add all that sky because I knew this is a big square for certain. And so I uh -huh. actually had to, the, you know, the photograph cut off. So yeah. I actually, I know that this is going to be mostly sky and then I got to have that point. So that's part of the creative process is just figuring, figuring all that out. I want to go back to theme. You know, you said before, like anything could be happening in these motels, right? Like it could be the happiest moment. It could be the worst moment or whatever. But you chose sadness, right? So you didn't choose like the happiest moment. So why, why that theme? There's something about these paintings that I think about as a safe place to be sad. Mm -hmm. So when I get sad and depressed, the last thing I want 
is bright sunshine and mm. happy people. Mm-hmm. And because it makes me feel worse. Like I feel mm-hmm. much better when I'm in a depressed mood when it's an overcast rainy day. I feel like yeah. the the world is reflecting the way I feel. If it's bright and sunny, then I feel worse. There's something about these motels that it just feels like a safe place um, for me to go if I would feel sad. I don't know if you noticed, there's no cars in the parking lots. They're just, right. they're just empty and they're, they're kind of sad and gloomy, but there's something that just feels safe. It's interesting because like on the one hand, we talked about how you're thinking about the one person on the receiving end, you know, who might be the audience for the painting, you know, but you're obviously making the choice to infuse it with this personal thing, which is for me, it's a space where I could go, you know, to be okay when I'm not my perkiest. So I'm just, my brain is, uh, you know, likes that interesting balance of, you know, it, it really feels like a very intimate conversation with somebody because you have something to say and you know they have something to say. You're kind of guessing at what they have to say so that the painting can reflect that intersection somehow. I would love to, for someone to say, I get that. That looks like a place that I would want to go. And maybe I'll put that in my home and I'll put it in my den so that, right. you know, when I'm feeling sad, I can go in my den and be with that painting and it'll make me feel, you know, a safe place to be sad. You know, there's something, it's not just this theme for you, you know, like Americana and amusements and the other th- topics that you've kind of landed on. They're all this very like sort of nostalgic kind of sad. Um, th- there's something sad to it, but it doesn't have to be sad. I'm not articulating it well, but it's the same thing with these motels. Amusement parks, you know, Americana could be the happiest things, but there's some sense of loss I feel when I look at them. And I have that even now with the motels, right? Like I look at the series and there's something in me that goes like, like, ah, like it's a little heavy, not in a bad way, in an evocative way. The idea of something that we see as old and past its glory and worn out, the fact that that was something that was new right. at one time, that, that concept fascinates me. Um, I think it yeah. is so interesting. I remember years ago, I was in the, I took this photograph of this old sign at a liquor store in this was in chicago before i lived here and it mm-hmm. had all those bulbs you know the yeah. old school bulbs that were all flickering and i remember it was a green sign covered with bulbs and it was like there was like um homeless people outside of this liquor store and i took you know took a picture of it and i remember th- you know and it was in a terrible neighborhood and i remember thinking at one point this was brand new. Like right. this st- this sign was installed and they were right. all excited. They probably had a party, you know, right. where the owner of the liquor store invited his children and his right. family. And they all came to celebrate this new thing and it was new and everyone was talking about it. And now that's all kind of gone, but it's kind of still there. And this, it's kind of that concept that I think I I'm kind of a little obsessed with, and I think I'm trying to capture in my paintings. I think that it comes through loud and clear. I really do. Like, you know, I don't know the pithiest way to say that, but the way you just explained it resonates with me when I think about your paintings. 
you know, because even looking at them, I don't think about them in, you know, I don't think about the person who might be staying in that hotel or motel right now. I think about who was there 20 years ago. Same things with those, with the rides and, and the gas stations and stuff, you know, even though, you know, I know that they're there now, it sends me back in a way to wonder what it was, you know, and how things have changed around it. So like, there's a beauty to it in that it's like a point in time kind of thing, but it, it's, it takes you back and forces you to sort of come back all the way to present somehow. So April, thank you very much for, um, for interviewing me. Oh so God, I am, a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of your interviewing style on your podcast, The Rialto Report. Oh, so right. when I thought about who was going to interview me for this, I, you were top of my list. So I appreciate you doing it. Thanks for letting me be nosy. <laughs> My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.